Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening, and welcome to another adventure in history. And this is going to be a bit of an adventure, because we have a really special guest that we're very excited about. And it's not a we, it's just a me, because <laughs> Alana has a sick child today. No. And you got bumped once because you had a sick child. Yes, this has been a terrible year for the bugs, the darn it, bugs. It has. And you know, I think it's because we were all wearing masks, so we weren't getting... Yeah. colds or the flu and now we're not and now we're getting two years worth of colds and flus yeah well and especially these little guys who were you know dominic my son was just turning four on march 2nd 2020 oh <laughs> and he was sick and so we postponed his birthday party and we said oh it'll just be two weeks oh no and he didn't have another birthday party for a year (laughs) yeah but it's okay you know but it's just the reality of these little guys they've just not been exposed to anything and so now they're getting it all at once and at four he's old enough to know what he's missing yeah at that point he was he was he he definitely held it over me like if you talk to him today he'll tell you about how he didn't get to have his fourth (laughs) birthday party he's gonna be holding that over you for years yeah it's like my, my niece just had her one-year-old's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I'm always reminded of that Jerry Seinfeld line of people throw the birthday party, your first and your last, and they're like, these are your friends. You're, <laughs> you're having a good time. Yes. I'm like, one, you don't know what's going on. But four, you know it's about the cake, the party, oh, yeah. the presents, the friends. Oh, yeah. So that's terrible. Mm-hmm. So, so Alana likes to play this game of, before we formally introduce you, in case people don't recognize the voice already, mm-hmm. and you already gave away a little bit by naming your son, yes, um, tell us something people probably would know you through or know know about you. <laughs> they would know. Well, everyone pretty much knows me as Willis's daughter, and I think oh. that gives it all away right there. <laughs> you just gave it away. <laughs> uh, is there more than one Willis in town? Could there be? There might be three, actually. <gasps> is there? Oh well, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, Junior. <laughs> I was thinking like outside of your family. <laughs> I'm sure there probably are. Because <laughs> that's one thing, you know, technically I'm McAndrew, so mm-hmm. nobody's got McAndrew. No one else is McAndrew, and that's it's, true. it's always funny when somebody calls, if it's not my mom, I know it's a salesperson right. that I don't want to talk to. Right. Because everyone else knows it's Mac. Right. So, but we have a, a Trudy Van Dusen here. Yes. And I can never remember how to pronounce your Well, there is a great name. chick. A trick, excuse me, for knowing how to pronounce my last name. My brother came up with this. And you imagine that you're taking a bag of Cheetos to the beach. And so my last name is Cheetovich. So it's a V sound in the middle there. But is it actually Chi? Yes, because so my oh, husband, uh, his family's Serbian. Mm-hmm. And the first and the last C, while there's no H after it, mm-hmm. are both a Ch sound. Ah, mm-hmm. so I was not putting the E, the Chi in there. Chitovich, yeah, the I has a has a long sort of Chitovich okay. sound, kind of like Spanish or whatever. Okay, the other thing I have to say is my sister is named Trudy, oh. but with an I. Oh, with an and I. you are Trudy with a Y. Yes, So yes. were your parents wrong or were my parents wrong? That's a good question. <laughs> we'll ha- I'd have to check with your sister to determine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she likes the I or not. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, you you get to put a little heart over the eye. I definitely missed not having an eye growing up, but now I'm married and I have a, an eye in my last name, so that's there we fun. go. <laughs> Excellent. We're very excited uh, to have you. So let's. Um, we got the first the the plug. I've got to say that we have uh, first weekend in May is old fashioned fun and games on the grounds of the Flavelle House. It's free. It's sponsored by our friends at Columbia Memorial Hospital. Every day from eleven to four, both Saturday and Sunday. And you've got kids. You should bring them. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. It's a free event. We've been doing it for at least a gajillion years. <laughs> but because uh, we've got a lot to talk about, let's hit the history highlights. These, of course, are things to uh, win trivia, bar trivia tomorrow. These are things that you can uh, use at the water cooler if there is still such a thing. Uh, these are oh, there definitely starters. is such a thing, and that's a big part of my business. So yes. <laughs> well, is it water or is it Aquafina? It, well, we have both. We <laughs> we I've rent water coolers in the five gallon. Uh, yes, it's H two Oregon in that case. But yes, you know H2 about Aquafina. Oh, that, that has been drilled into me. <laughs> All right, so these are things tomorrow, May first, uh, eighteen ninety eight. The U.S. destroys the Spanish fleet in the uh, Battle of Manila Bay. Oh. And, and we have some connections there because uh, Nellie Flavel and Katie Flavel, uh, there's some letters. They, they meet some soldiers that are going off from San Francisco to the Philippines. Huh. 1926, the Ford Motor Company becomes one of the first companies in America to adopt a five-day, 40-hour week for workers hmm. in its automotive factories. Wow. And they don't add the offices until about two months later. Huh. So I'm always like curious, did the office workers be like, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah. How come we don't get the, you know, we're still working 60 hours. Jeez. 1931, the Empire State Building is dedicated. And I love this. The entire building went up in just over a year, came in under budget and well ahead of schedule. Wow. 1931, four million bucks. Have you ever been to the Empire State Building? I have. And that's just like post, you know, the 1929 drop, and it must yeah. have been sort of in response to that, a way to get people working and it things. It kind of was, like a, hey, this is, we're, we're not going to pay attention to this depression, we're going to get through it, so let's go ahead and build a giant building. Wow. Good call. 1939, Batman first appears in Detective Comics number 27. Oh, that's so, a good one. So that begs your, the question, what's your favorite superhero? I would have to say Batman. I really like really? Batman. Yeah, my husband actually, my kids know this, is Batman, but I'm not supposed to tell anyone. <laughs> oh, that, so. okay. We'll keep it. They're not listening. It's past their bedtime. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 1941, General Mills introduces Cheery Oats, renamed Cheerios in 1945, an oat-based ready-to-eat cold cereal, 1941. Well, that's a good one. Cheery Oats. I kind of like that name. Cheery Oats. I think I'm going back to that at my house. It's, it's fun to say. <laughs> 1941, Citizen Kane is released. And I was almost going to make that the history highlight of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's it's only, I don't want to be like a film snob, <laughs> but in college I had to take a film as, well, I didn't have to, but I chose to take a film as literature class. Oh, really? And it really taught me how significant this film is. It's all kinds of things that we take for granted now, like foreshadowing and mm. the camera on the floor looking up to make the guy look more ominous and the use of shadows and just so many things. The cinematography is really amazing. Huh. And when you watch it with that in mind that none of this stuff had been done before. Right. The only thing missing is that it's not an Oregon film. <laughs> right. So I can't truly love it. No. 1952, Mr. Potato Head is introduced. Good one. <laughs> I never had a potato head, did you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mr. or Mrs.? Mr. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, the pieces got lost so fast. Ugh. That's what always struck me is kind of like, okay, too many pieces, and you make, like, you put a funny 
smile on his face and then okay what do you do with it no it was you know it's one of those things you got to get your imagination going mac come on i mean geez that is such a sad commentary right there <laughs> she's calling me out oh man not even here she's picking up the slack here uh I'm a, i was an action figure kid well, so, I mean, Mr. Potato Head is also an action figure. I mean, did his arms and legs move at all? Or yeah, just, his arms and legs moved. Oh, you I could give him all different expressions in. and hairdos, and you know, not to mention you could put his lips on the top of his head. I mean, come on. See, that's funny. That is funny. I liked him in Toy Story. Yes, he was well cast. Yes, and Mrs. Potato Head was hilarious too. <laughs> that's true. They were always like like fighting. And, yeah, they yeah. were this cute little old couple. But the voice was very funny for both of them. Mm-hmm. 1960, American U-2 spy plane is shot down over the Soviet Union. Uh, it was flown by Francis Gary Powers, and this is one of the amazing things in history that I really love this story because he he was shot down, and the plane is supposed to self destruct. And the pilot was expected to kill themselves, so they would not be captured. So Gary Francis Powers, I mean, I'm not going to fault the guy. He, he did neither of those things. Yeah. And worse, he brought his wallet with him. So he had ID on him. He was not supposed to have any ID. Wow. So they wouldn't like could claim you weren't even to, American. Yeah. So they assured the president, Eisenhower, that there's no way the Soviets have anything and just claim it was like a weather plane. That sounds familiar. That sounds really oddly familiar. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and so the uh, the Soviets say to Eisenhower, "Well, you know, do you want to tell us anything?" And he says, "Oh no, you know, we don't have spy planes." And then they produce not only the the wreckage of the plane, which is still pretty intact, they produce Gary Powers. Wow. And then um, they they actually give him the out because they were going to have a summit. And they say, well, certainly, Mr. President, you didn't know anything about this. It was your rogue CIA. Mm. And I don't know if I like this or I don't like it. But Eisenhower says, no, I knew about it. I approved. It's all on me. Wow. And then the Soviets say, well, we can't have a meeting now (laughs) because you're spying on us. And it totally aborted a whole summit they were going to have. Fascinating. So I I don't know, again, whether I like that he took the responsibility or whether he didn't. I have to go with I like it. I like Mm -hmm. honesty. I'm just going to put that on the record right now. It hurt like the negotiations. (laughs) And that's where I'm like, which is better for the country? Which is better for relations? So. Yeah. And I kind of respect that the Soviets were like giving him the out. And yeah. he chose not to take it. Right. So, um, Not our history highlight, though. 1999, SpongeBob SquarePants debuts on Nickelodeon. Oh, please tell me that's not the no, history that's, highlight. That's, that's <laughs> now, now, do your kids watch that or is that so they old? They do. Nobody... No, they do. Okay. They do watch it. They tell me a lot about it. I, I missed that window. <laughs> I used to, uh, so, well, see, so did I. But I used to drive my kids crazy because I would pretend I couldn't remember his name. No, but your kids were the right age then. I, I was like, you know, in college, so yeah. I didn't even know anyone who knew what <laughs> who that they was. Were. Yeah. See, I would always mess it up and my, my kids would get really angry. I'd say, Squon- Sponge Square Bob oh. Pants? <laughs> no, it's no. this. But our history highlight of the day, thing I think, had the most impact on history. 1893, the World Columbian Exposition opens in Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. That's a it, huge it one. It is a big one. It introduces the world to the Ferris wheel, the first mm-hmm. Ferris wheel. Electricity was widely introduced to uh, people. wasn't invented, but it was shown to people for the first time. The first commercial movie theater, moving walkway, like oh, at airports. Really? It was called oh. the Travelator. Mm-hmm. Juicy fruit gum, cream of wheat, Cracker Jacks, shredded wheat, uh, and perhaps blue ribbon. 
Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's really the highlight. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that is. That, well, take your pick. Which one of those things? I used to live in Chicago, so we oh, would hear goodness. about that all the time, being there. I mean, mm. it's still to this day is, some. I mean, you, you hear references to it all the time, how that just changed the trajectory for Chicago on a global scale. In a big way, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And there's a great book by Eric Larson. I've, I've pushed it before. Uh, Lana hates when I get into things like murder or serial killers. So it's about the World's Fair, but it's also about a serial killer, uh-huh. um, Devil in the White City. Well, and, and if, it's a really good book, though. If I'm not mistaken, it was that fair that gave Chicago its name, the Windy City, because the politicians who were lobbying for it they said they were windy politicians and people think it has to do with the weather there it doesn't it has to do with politicians lobbying for the world's right. fair yes. yeah. yeah yeah i would not have remembered that but when you said there you go okay so that's our history highlight today the thing that had the most impact and thankfully we haven't taken the entire show up <laughs> so tell us about growing up in astoria some of your fondest memories or strongest memories because they may not be fond <laughs> <laughs> well um Gosh, I would say one of my earliest memories was I was probably about three years old and my dad took me outside during a windstorm just to feel the wind. And uh, that to this day, I love our windstorms. Astoria windstorms are like nothing you experience anywhere else in the world. And um, it's my kids and I still like I always tell them, you hear the wind. I mean, it's just something that really deeply resonates with me ever since that time. Um, and it's just and, so unique to hear. And were you so little that the wind almost like was blowing you over? Yeah, definitely. See, I, I, I never even thought of that. And my, my youngest was young enough. I never would have taken him out in the wind, but yeah. Yeah. And um, there's another memory that I have. We were, I, it was probably one of my very first times to get to go skiing at Mount Hood. It was a winter storm and there were trees down. And I don't think we were even supposed to have been driving but my dad had promised to meet a friend at Mount Hood and so we drove through the wind and there were branches flying I mean it was crazy and it just really you know had an impact on me so yeah those are some of my earliest memories thanks to growing up here Um, so so I want to get into some specifics like favorite teacher or things like that or favorite classes that you had but I do want to get out of the way I, I I did warn you ahead of time yes but when Mary Louise Flavel was interviewed near the end of her life, she made a comment about a story was great growing up to grow up in if your name wasn't Flavel. <laughs> and certainly there's a whole bunch of issues there. We'll have yeah. John Goodenberger on multiple times <laughs> to discuss that. But you certainly came from a, a family that has been here forever. Yes. <laughs> They've been leaders in the town repeatedly, mm-hmm. generation after generation. Mm-hmm. And your dad was mayor for 25 years. Yeah. Did that have any impact? Because everybody would obviously know who you were. Yeah, it had a huge impact, but I would not say it was negative at all. mm -hmm. That I would have the opposite impression that, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it was formative. It's who I am. So, you know, you can't um, deny who you are. Mm -hmm. But the experience, my dad would always say, the night has a thousand eyes. And boy, is that true when your last name is Van Dusen in Astoria. Um, so for me, I think it really taught me early on that, um, you know, this community is so connected and wherever you go, wherever you are, there's someone there who knows who you are. So make sure that you are acting in a way that you'll be proud of when your parents hear about it later. Um, and, 
it's part of the reason I'm back here right now. A huge part of the reason I'm back here right now, not because my name was Van Dusen, but because of knowing how connected this community is. Was there any, any time of feeling of like, oh, I can't rebel. I can't get in trouble for that because it's going to reflect poorly on my family. I mean, yeah. did that ever go through you? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, there were times when I was like, I am not going to do that because I know, I mean, there's, there was no sneaking around in this town. So, I mean, and it wasn't, it was almost like not even a question. It was like, um, no, <laughs> that can't happen. And you know, that's a difference, you know, between my brother and myself, my brother got in trouble plenty when he was young. It didn't seem to bother him, but for me, it was always in my mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, so that, uh, you know, and to this day, it's like, I, I'll tell my husband, who's not originally from Astoria, I'm like, you can't cut people off here. You can't honk here because you're going to see them later at the post office and then again at Safeway. And it's yes. going to be so embarrassing. That's hilarious because I, I made the same comment to my wife when we moved here. I said, it's a small town. <laughs> I said, we can't, you can't flip somebody off. You can't honk the horn because no. they may be a donor. They may be a volunteer. They may be a friend of the organization. And and it's too small of a town. You're going to see them at something. You're going to go yeah. to some events. So and that's what that's what funny. I love. I, I think that is the beauty of this place, the mm. magic of this place. Like, I, I lived in Chicago. I lived in San Francisco. I lived in Cleveland. Um, and you can have a wonderful life in any of those places. But what you can't create there is a sixth-generation family. Yeah. <laughs> So, so talk about growing up a little bit, classes or activities or things that you were involved in that uh, that helped make you who you are. So I went to preschool at the cooperative preschool that was at the Lutheran Church. And I think I probably know every single kid who was in that class still to this day. Wow. <laughs> it, um, Blake and Aaron Mowry were in my class and... Um, their sister owns Peter Pan Market. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle Smith, whose dad, Fred Smith, was a dentist in town, was in my class. Uh, Brett Marconeri, Cindy and Lou are still here in town. Um, Scott and Steve Mart, the twins, were in our class. Um, just so many connections. And, of course, my cousin, Sydney Van Dusen, was in there. Just so many people. Um, oh, who? Preston Van Hook who has the bow picker now was in my preschool class. I mean, talk about, it's so funny. You know, there was probably 15 kids and we are all still really connected here. Andrea Shalaski. Oh my gosh, how could I forget her? Her dad was a teacher at the high school and her mom was a counselor there. We lived next door to each other and we went to preschool together. We've got photos of ourselves going into preschool <laughs> and, um, and then went to gray school for elementary school and had um, some wonderful teachers there, Mrs. Gertela, Mrs. Davis, uh, Mrs. Patching was my first grade teacher, and so fun that there's a Mrs. Patching there now, who's her daughter, who <laughs> she was pregnant with when I was in her first grade class. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then um, middle school from fifth to eighth grade at Astoria Middle School and had Mrs. Gowen as my teacher there and Mrs. Gustafson and they're all still around um, 
And played basketball in middle school. I did ballet with Maddox Dance Studio, which is now in Warrington, um, from about age 2 to 14. And so, did you appear in the Nutcracker? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I was a cookie. I was um, one of the toy soldiers. My favorite part in the Nutcracker was um, the Arabian um, dancers. And I got to do a, well, it wasn't a solo because there was two of us, but Trisha Atkinson, her dad was my sixth grade teacher. Trisha Atkinson and I stood, Trisha stood right in front of me. We were just about the same height and we did this dance that made it look like she had four arms and four legs. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, Nutcracker, I mean. And where was that performed? That was at Astoria High School. At high school, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, so tons of fond memories from that. And then I did spend one year, my ninth grade year in Pendleton, Oregon. This is after my parents divorced and um, chose to come back here as quickly as I could after that. I wasn't even there for 12 months. I was there from like September until June. And as soon as I could, came back to that was Astoria. Ninth grade? That was ninth See, grade. It's a terrible time to, to well, move a kid. Well, what was actually fine about it in, in looking back was that ninth grade in Pendleton was the oldest in the middle school, where ninth grade here was freshman in high school. So I never had to be a freshman in high school anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had that same experience. Oh, that, really? Not moving, just our town didn't have a high school, but mm. it had a middle school that went through ninth grade. And then you chose before before I I didn't have a choice, but my brother had a choice which high school. There were two to choose from in two different towns. Mm. So we went in as tenth graders. Yeah. And I've never heard of anybody else that ninth well, grade was in middle go. school. See, we wow. have so much in common, there we Mac. Go. <laughs> so when you when you come back for high school, tenth and eleventh and twelfth grade, what were some of your favorite classes or favorite teachers? Um, I loved FBLA Future Business Leaders of America. That one still to this day really stands out to me. Um, we got to go to a state competition and um, impromptu speaking was my um, event, I guess. And I got to go to nationals for that, which was so fun. And I I think I placed either second or third in nationals. I didn't win nationals, but we got to go to Florida and it was amazing. It was so much fun. And then um, also another thing that I remember that I just loved was um, getting to go to... um, it was the U.S. Senate Youth Program, which um, they choose two students from every state to go to Washington, D.C., and you get to tour the White House and do some, you know, really interesting things. We got to meet with one senator when we were there, and it just so happened it was a freshman senator from Oregon, Senator Wyden, uh, when, nice. when we went. So that tells you how long ago <laughs> that was. <laughs> But anyway, those were some of the things that I, I remember. Okay. And, of course, Spanish. My, I, my introduction to Spanish was in high school, and I ended up majoring. One of my majors in college was Spanish, mm-hmm. and I still use my Spanish every single day. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It actually comes in useful. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So when you were in high school, what did you think you were going to go to college for? What did you think you were going to do with your life? I always said I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I knew what the word meant, but I didn't know what exactly. I actually did in high school start a business. It was called Trudy's Deliveries. And Skip Hockey was nice enough to let me put my flyers in the old Century store and I would deliver groceries around town. And, you know, look how far ahead of my time I was. But you know what Skip told me was that 
all the grocery stores had delivery services back in the day originally. That's why there's the old Fornis grocery store that's up on a dead end street on Grand. And I, I asked him, I was like, well, how could a grocery store survive on a dead end street? And he said, no, it's all deliveries. It didn't matter where you were located. People would send in their order and you delivered it. So, you know, it went out of fashion and then now here we are back in the you should click have and collect patented it somehow right right exactly so, so were you were you forced to or encouraged or was it just an opportunity did you work with the family business as a kid I did I worked in high school for the summer um at the or actually a couple summers at the the family business and um always wanted to come back one day and the the 10 years that I spent away I felt was getting experience to be able to come back. Mm -hmm. So, and then 2018 was when I was finally able to do that, to come back and work with my dad and my brother at Van Dusen Beverages um, here in Astoria. So talk a little bit about Van Dusen. I know we've had your dad on the show, but for those that don't know, you are the smallest bottle Pepsi bottler in the nation. Yes. Well, there there's one other Pepsi bottler that um, is very small, like we are Mount Shasta, uh, but we are infinitesimally small <laughs> compared to the other Pepsi bottlers. Um, and, you know, w the franchise that we have here, we actually purchased from the family that owns Corwin Beverages in Vancouver. And actually, April 30th is the last day that family will be owning that they have sold out to PepsiCo. So it's just one of many. I think there used to be like 3,500 bottlers, uh, independent bottlers in the United States, and now there are about 70. That's amazing. Yeah. And how big is the territory that your franchise? <laughs> we are one has. and a half counties, and very proud of that half county. <laughs> uh, so we have Clatsop County and half of Columbia County up through Clatsk and I. Mm -hmm. um, but we can't go all the way up to, you know, Alston. We just to Clatsk and I. Um, we don't have Vernonia. Uh, wish we did. <laughs> but we have all of Clatsop County and very proud of that too. And how many employees does Van Dusen Beverages have? 19. See, I think people don't realize. Yeah. 19 families. That's a lot of families in Clatsop County that, um, that we are very proud to have on our team and support. And, mm -hmm. you know, whenever we talk to our customers, we say, you know, we're here to make sure that our families, not just personally, but the ones that work for us, are going to be able to continue to have, you know, the best life that we can. And yeah. then we owe it to them to make sure this business stays healthy. That's great. So we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to make sure there's a lot of things I wanted to hit. Yes. So we might have to bring you back. But you opened a yoga studio. So talk about yoga and your interest in that and, and yes. what, what the business is. Yes. So um, my husband really is the one who started it. Fire Station Yoga, which is on the third floor of the Uppertown Firefighters Museum. Thank you for that. Um, and that is really a passion project. It's not a business that makes any profit whatsoever. But when we came to Astoria, we wanted wanted to do yoga and we had been doing heated yoga in Portland religiously. Um, we started in 2004. So moving to Astoria in 2018, um, that was something we needed. And so my husband um, spent a bunch of time, probably a hundred hours up on that third floor, bringing it to life. And now we have um, a beautiful studio there for the community to enjoy. We call it the, our yoga community. 
um, because it really is much more than just a studio. And um, yeah, I encourage everyone to check it out. The firestation.yoga is our website. And it is a beautiful, the third floor is just being used as storage and um, your husband and whoever else might have helped her, maybe it was all him. It was pretty much him. It, <laughs> he, he did an amazing job and it looks fantastic. Yeah. So you were also involved in the community though. And yes. top of full-time job doing yoga, side business and mm-hmm. raising kids. Mm-hmm. You also do other things in the community. Talk about some of them. Uh, I am on the Clatsop Community College board, I'm a board member. We have an election coming up, so be sure to vote in the election. Um, and, uh, I'm also on the Friends of Astoria column board and my husband and I own the Rosebriar Mansion, which is a vacation rental and wedding venue here in town. Um, so yeah, we, we stay plenty busy. <laughs> I'm convinced you've cloned yourself by that <laughs> list. So like I said earlier, your, your family has repeatedly been leaders in the community. Was that impressed upon you at all? Or is that just something that, that you, you osmosis picked up no it definitely was that you know this is a community that our family has for generations been supporting and working to build and that you know each generation is just a custodian for the next and so that's really what I see is that I'm here to make sure my kids have the opportunity to support this community as well outstanding so how would uh, somebody buy a Pepsi if they wanted to go buy a Pepsi (laughs) any one of our amazing customers here in town anywhere you buy a pepsi you're buying it from us excellent and aquafina and aquafina that's right you don't want to partake in the bubbly stuff it's not just water it's aquafina (laughs) well i'm so glad you could come in uh, tonight and uh, you have been a huge asset to the community already and you're definitely uh, well representing the next generation awesome thank you so much thanks for having me go make some history we'll catch you next week thanks for listening alana's child's feel better Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.